When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. Look, this will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I actually liked. I'd find a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's finally done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for without sacrifice. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than a 100 televisions which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything you need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in. Where's Huddle with me, Bram, with you, per usual. My boy, producer Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? And our master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? Boys, I am fired up to announce it. Rejoining us after hell of long, a noted author with experience at Forbes and Fansided, who is now dropping gems for the Miami Herald and the Ringer, the former Warriors beat writer for the Bay Area News Group, the initial foundation of the Locked On Warriors podcast, the current host of the Locked On Heat and the Locked On NBA podcast, the author of The West Side, and a guy who just loves a ripe crunch berry, Mr. Wes Goldberg. What's going on, Wes? What's going on? I didn't start Locked On Warriors. I didn't say start. You- I said foundation. I'm, oh, what is I, that? I think oh, that like, like the way Steph those. is, the way that Steph is foundational? Like he didn't start the Warriors? <laughs> it's kind of, I was trying to pass along a cop. Here's what I didn't think. I didn't think that long and like really nice, well thought out, researched fucking intro would get hit with a fact check. I mean, I thought for sure that was all right, dude. No more crunch berries. Having, a, 
You should get to having a hard-hitting journalist on your show. Just <laughs> that makes me dislike you even a little bit more. In fact, I'm not even going to follow up. Instead, I'm going to address my follow-up questions to the other people in this room. Wes, Maxine, MT, Crunchberries. Can we agree that that's a terrible cereal that nobody should ever eat? I don't know. Like, it's one of those fringe things that are weird. They are weird. They are kind of good, though. So I understand, Wes. But yeah, they, they are a little weird. <laughs> Maxime, no Crunchberry takes. <laughs> I, have, I have no Crunchberry takes. I, uh, I remember once I was on a very long run in high school and I bought some Crunchberries uh, before we started our little retreat. And the whole run, I was like, if I could just get it back from Josh. <laughs> the Crunchberry guy. <laughs> oh my God. No? Yeah, direct from the source. Exactly right. <laughs> Anyways, I was just craving them the whole time. So that's my only Crunchberry take. Well, shocking, boys. I didn't pull this all together to talk breakfast cereals, at least not the entire time. I've got some follow-up breakfast stuff coming up down the line, but we have to talk Warriors-Lakers, all right? So much so, there's only one segment today. I took the two segments we normally do and smashed them together. So we're going to call this the glass is half full with golden questions. So we're going to be looking back, but kind of a guided look back. And here's the first, all right? Can the Warriors slow down Anthony Davis? So I'm going to turn this over to you, Wes. We all expected AD to have, you know, a hell of a game. And fuck if he didn't. Uh, 30 points and 23 rebounds on 57.9% shooting. Um, looked pretty good. What do you think, man? Should Warrior fans be worried or is there reason for optimism? Well, you, I would be worried if I was a Warriors fan, I guess. I mean, the... Anthony Davis, when he's playing like this and he's healthy, he's one of the, what, eight best players in the NBA. He's awesome. And you mentioned the points there. To me, what stood out was his defense, especially in that kind of last little Lakers run that they had. He had a, a bunch of blocks. I think he blocked Steph once. He definitely was like, I don't know if he got credit for the blocks or not, but he, there were so many contests. He had four blocks in the game. He was so good defensively in a way that I don't think the Kings obviously don't have a presence like that. He just vaporizes everything in the paint when he's playing like that, right? And then he's he's also like big and long enough and all that stuff to go out and actually do stuff on the perimeter. I thought his defense was even more important than the 30 points on 19 shots. Um, and so even if he's not pouring in those kinds of point totals every single night, as long as he's healthy, I think the defense is going to be there. And that to me is a big thing that if I'm, if I'm Steve Kerr and I'm looking at the film, it's going to be like, all right, whatever. Anthony Davis did his thing. It's going to happen offensively sometimes but defensively we gotta we gotta troubleshoot for this because we did not have an answer for it especially when we had to get points in the worst way and he was vaporizing everything um if you're looking for reasons for optimism for anthony davis is that at any moment he could fall over like he might have just fallen over right now absolutely right you know what <laughs> i mean like as we're talking and and get hurt and i guess yeah obviously you're never rooting for injuries i don't know maybe there are some warriors fans rooting for injuries i have no idea but um, you never root for it, but that would be the only thing I think that could stop this guy from making a major impact in this series. I was going to suggest we had a moment of silence, not because I'm upset about anything, just so that we could all listen closely and hear Anthony Davis creeping closer to an injury. Because with every second, that is fucking happening. I'll give you some reason for optimism. To, sh uh, to start the game at half, he was 9 of 10 with 23 points. At the end of the game, he was 11 of 19 with 30 points. Now, this doesn't address the defensive problems, you know, although the Warriors were able to scare or score. So I hear what you're saying. But after a blistering fucking first half, we made some adjustments or he slowed down. So, you know, there's optimism to think why we might be able to push him in the right direction. MT, what do you think, man? How, how scared of AD are you? 
Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not scared long-term. I think the Warriors will make the necessary adjustments. Um, it was a long, grueling series against the Kings. We were on short rest, you know, just uh, two days. And it, it's, he's just a different animal, you know, compared to the Kings. So to Wes's point, you know, like he's not Sabonis. And I think the Warriors went in playing a little bit too much like they were still playing against the Kings. Um, and you just can't do that. You're going to have to get Anthony Davis out of the key, put him in a lot more pick and rolls and have him, you know, like try to help out and see if he's willing to close out to shooters at the three-point line. So I think there's a reason why <clears throat> Jordan Poole had a better game is because this type of matchup suits him better where you're going to have, you know, bigger players defending and they're, they're going to naturally tend to drop a little bit more. So he's going to get more open threes, hopefully from closer than 30 feet. But um, I'm sure we'll talk about that. But I think overall, you know, I don't, I don't anticipate Anthony Davis going for 30 and 23 every game. And I think we figure out a way to bring him out of the lane a little bit to neutralize his defensive impact. <laughs> his inevitability fucking bothered me yesterday. So like Darren Fox, Darren Fox was phenomenal against us throughout but every time he, he raised up for a three, I didn't think it was falling. Even by game seven, I still was thinking he was going to fall back to the mean. All the shots that AD took uh, last night, certainly in the first half and going into the fourth, they all felt to be in rhythm. They were all within like, you know, eight to 12 feet. None of them felt like he couldn't consistently do that. So I'm, I'm hoping we can push him in the other direction. What do you got, Maxime? I mean, at the same time. What, what was his, uh, he played 43, he played basically 44 minutes, right? I mean, just to sort of uh, drive home the point that you're making, Bram. First quarter, he scored 14. Second quarter, nine. Third quarter, five. Fourth quarter, two. Dude looked tired by the end of it. And and the points that he scored per quarter reflects that. It, you know, they basically got the absolute best game that they're going to get out of both Anthony Davis and out of LeBron James. And those dudes flagged out by the end of the game. And at the same time, we're neutralizing other players on the court. Certainly the defensive end is a problem. Some of the, the way that they scare the shit out of us in the paint. I mean, there were a couple of plays where Anthony Davis was just there and fools just said, I'm not, I'm not going for it, right? And pass it back out. So certainly he's a problem. But I think, again, not only did we see the best of Anthony Davis, but we saw Darvin Ham playing him as bowed as much as he possibly could, which means that he feels like he needs him. And yet... Anthony Davis couldn't hang with that. And that's a healthy Anthony Davis. Dude, my, my prediction going into this series when we first did the preview was the Warriors lose game one, win the series in six. Nothing's shifted, and it's because what you just said. I think we just saw the best game from the Lakers, and it has to do with that rest. But, Wes, my goal today is somehow to head you towards optimism for the Warriors. And watch this. I have a question that's going to force you to do it. Wes, why can Golden State win game two? Did Maxime say that we saw the best game LeBron James is going to have in this series? He had 22 points on 24 shots. I feel like you didn't hear my question. I mean, I, I, I heard it. I ignored oh, it. I want to go back. And that was the best game the Lakers are going to play. They shot 24% from three-point range. A bunch of those were open. Is this mic working? Can you guys hear me? Because I feel like these are not the answers I'm getting. <laughs> the Lakers were 27th in the league at three points. So there's, there's not. They weren't shooting 24% though. 27th in the league. Fuck you, Wes. The question is, why can the Warriors win game two? Not why will the Lakers shoot better from three? I was interested that you used the word inevitable with, with Anthony Davis. Because that's not really a word that I use to describe him. I think he's a guy that has very high highs. A word that I would use to describe use inevitable a player I would use the word inevitable to describe would be Steph Curry and it just feels oh. like it's a matter of time you know 
before he just has a Steph Curry game and maybe it's game two, maybe it's game five. I have no idea. Maybe it's multiple games like he had against uh, the Kings and like he had against the, the, the Celtics in the finals last year. It's that's the real, like, look, I don't think I don't come away from this game kind of like you thinking anything different about this series. I just think that both teams are going to make adjustments. Both teams have better games to play in this series, especially the Warriors. And, um, I have no reason to think that the Warriors are going to lose this series other than the fact that they're just they're down 0-1. So I guess maybe the Vegas line shifted a little bit. But that's it, man. Like, I, I have no reason to th- – like, home court advantage is not going to matter in this series. We just saw that it didn't matter for the Warriors, and it's not going to matter for the Lakers. This is a California series. Um, both fans are going to travel back and forth. It's going to be awesome. You're going to get great games from LeBron, Anthony Davis, Steph. Clay Thompson will have a game in there. Draymond Green might score 20 points in a random game. Who knows? Jordan Poole will have a game where he's actually good. And then uh, – and who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, I just – I don't think that this shifted anything for me other than the Steph game's going to come, and I think Anthony Davis has, is going to have a lot to say about how this series plays out if he could stay playing like this. Uh-huh. I didn't hear you say that that was LeBron's best game. You should probably factor that in if the Warriors are going to have a really good shot. I mean, Maxime specifically told you that you can expect nothing as we go forward here. Uh MT, same question, man. You know, why why should Warrior fans be optimistic despite a frustrating game one loss? Because I, I think it was expected. Um, you know, the Lakers are good. They're they're better than people give them credit for. Anthony Davis had a monstrous monster game. Um, you know, and we were off of a, a game ser- game seven win, which you know emotionally can be draining, and we were still in it towards the end. You know, so. Um, I think we'll figure it out and just, you know, we were down 0-2 to the Kings. So being down 0-1 to the Lakers doesn't hit the panic button for me. I think we figure it out. Well, Um, there's some objective moves too, right? I mean, that fourth quarter when they got down 14, going to that zone and going small with the ball in Steph's hands seemed to make a difference. You know, there's an adjustment that we can hold on to. So I think there's certainly some room there. Um, I have one question too, not to throw off your your schedule because I know we're tight on time, but – Wes, a, a third-party viewer that isn't as much of a homer take as me, uh, Maxime and Bram, the officiating seemed a little off to me. Um, so, Bram, are you into that? Yep, and I'm, let me absolutely, and let me add an explanation point. All right, some context, Wes. I'm going to read you a tweet, then I'm going to explain it. All right, because I got, I lost my shit a little bit yesterday. I mean, I, I did. I didn't take that loss super well. In fact. Let me give you this context before I even read you the tweet because maybe it'll help hedge it a little bit. I watched with my sister yesterday. Uh, I invited her to the house, really enjoyed her company. She is more emotionally balanced than I am. So even when they were losing, she was able to like continue to function. So when the Warriors got down 14, she said to no one in particular, I like that bald man who gets in the water. I have no idea who the fuck she was talking about, but because she wasn't losing her mind and it bothered me so much, I got up, left the room, and watched the rest of the game by my fucking self. All right? So... I was a crazy man. I can say that. And that's context for this tweet. Quote, that was the worst officiated playoff game I've watched in decades. Dennis Schroeder, who has done nothing at any point over a mediocre career, had more free throws than the entire defending fucking champion Warriors team at home. Adam Silver, your league is broken. So that's what I tweeted out. It's gotten a lot of. Oh, I thought that was Elon. uh, (laughs) Angry and, and some supportive responses but since i did a little bit of research all right so here's to make marcus's case or ultimately i'm going to ask you wes was the officiating fair here are the numbers i focused on lakers shot 29 free throws warriors shot six and to back what i said before dennis schroeder shot nine so three more than the entire warriors team 
Now, everybody wants to say it's because of the style of play, right? The three-pointers that the Warriors took and the going to the lane that the Lakers didn't. Well, according to NBA.com, the Lakers went to the rack, had drives. They keep track of this 28 times. The Warriors went to the rack, had drives 28 times. And the Lakers only got four of their free throws during those drives. So it was not the style of play that accounted for the, the free throw disparity. Um, with all that shit in front of you, you watched it. What did you think of the officiating? I think officiating is the worst sports radio topic that exists because um, it's an easy <laughs> place for fans to get upset. Um, it do, you don't blame anybody on your team. Um, you're not even giving credit to the other team. It's just you're just blaming the third party. So that being said, um, I – I don't think the officiating was a problem, man. Like the Lakers, that's all they do is get fouls. And the Warriors don't draw fouls. Not in this game, not the entire season. They're not good at it. They are a jump shooting team that relies on making jumpers. There is no second version of that offense. There is no second chance points. There's not, unless Kevon Looney turns into Dennis Rodman in the playoffs. And that's it. You know, like I, I had no problem with the officiating. I didn't. Boys, you heard my tweet, so I don't need to explain my position anymore. Did you guys? Did it upset you? I mean, when as you were watching it. Um, Marcus, this is how the whole series is going to be. It's going to be like this the whole time. If they sh- outshoot them by 23 free throws every single fucking game, I call it. What are you implying? That the NBA is rigged against the Warriors? That they don't want to see Steph in the finals? That's an insane thing to, to, to think. So I've had so many people tell me that multiple times throughout this year. And if I only thought it once, then they'd be right. If I only thought it like twice or three times, then I'd feel okay. There's been like 50 moments throughout the fucking season where it feels like the officiating has not been legit in our fucking, in, I don't know, has not been um, fair is, is the only way that I can phrase it. All right. Um, and these numbers, I'm not giving you a feeling right now. I'm giving you objective stats, 29 free throws versus six. And it wasn't because they went to the rack. So how do we explain that disparity? Why is that happening? Who on the Warriors is drawing fouls? Like all Nobody, season. because they won't no, fucking call them. That's my point. No, who, exactly who's, right. who's going and initiating contact? Steph Nobody. is. Steph, oh, doesn't, Steph has, not gotten fucking, has not gotten any support all year. But uh, Marcus, Maxime, are, weigh in. What do you guys think? Is, is this a homer take, or do you think that the officiating hasn't been um, on point? Well, that's why I wanted Wes's take, because I, I think – it's hard to not have a homer take on it. Throughout the year, the Lakers drew the most amount of fouls and shot the most free throws, and the Warriors were on the opposite end. They drew the least, and they shot the least. So, um, you know, those averages hold out. I don't agree with West that it'll be like that for the entire series because I think similar to the Sacramento's first two games in that series, there's a lot of heat and uh, microscope on the disparity, and I think that would be the case, too, if it, if it trends that way. Um, for the for the next game, but I do think there is um, a lack of consistency when refereeing the amount of contact that Stephen Curry gets compared to some of the other players. So that's the part that's frustrating is that it's just not the same consistency. When you call Draymond Green for having his arm around a, a player that's running up to set a screen, you call that foul, but you don't call it when they're bear hugging Steph when he's just trying to you know, get free and run to a spot. That part is where it it doesn't feel like it's a conspiracy theory, but it's just not consistent. And when you see the lineup of who the 
officials are for game one. Anytime it's Ed Malloy and Mark Davis, you just know it's going to be, you know, imbalanced just because that's just the way that it is with them. So um, I don't think it's a big conspiracy theory. No, but I, I do think that there will be enough scrutiny on it if it doesn't get more balanced out a little bit better. So so that's not what the main storyline is because the NBA doesn't want that. I should add also, I don't think that's why the Warriors lost. I, this isn't a, look, they should have dominated that game and the officials ripped it out of their hands. I don't think that. The Warriors shot poorly. The Lakers got it to their spots and, and hit the shots that they needed to. But I did feel like the, the, there wasn't a consistency in the way that that game was being officiated. And I thought that the numbers bore it out. Maxine, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, I just put up, I'll, I'll put it up again, the, the discrepancy between the top team for free throws attempted in the league and the bottom team for free throws attempted in the league over the regular season, right? Number one is the Lakers, 26.6, and number 30 is the Golden State Warriors at 20.2. So everybody was saying before the season started, this you're right, that discrepancy, that ratio of free throws attempted to free throws allowed, right, is the biggest in the league that's going to be a huge part of the, of the matchup, but not to the degree that we saw in the game yesterday, right? What The spread that we just saw from worst to last is 26 to 20, not 26 to 6, Right. So there is something that feels a little bit um, out of balance here. And I think some of it, right, is foul baiting. Steph is not the type of person that actually attempts to get fouls anymore. And yet he's getting, I mean, he's getting clawed constantly, you know. And there is, I think, a discrepancy in the type and when refs are calling uh, um, fouls on shots. And that tends to be biased more towards what's happening in the paint and less so with the three point line. And that's in part because Steph is throwing his body around because he's moving so fast. It's a little bit harder to understand whose space is like falling into whose space or whatever. But at the end of the day, something feels a little bit out of balance. And frankly, even if I wasn't a fan of the Golden State Warriors and just watching this as a casual observer, it's fucking boring. That's not what that's not basketball to me. This is not entertaining to me, right? So it's like, okay, fine, call less fouls overall. You know, like I would rather see them run back and forth up the floor than watch this like boring ass game that ultimately is decided at least on one dimension by a bunch of free throws. Wes, I know this is your favorite topic. Do you have any more <laughs> fan officiating takes that you'd like to provide here or? I, I don't. I don't want to alienate all like the Warriors fans. There were a couple of drives that Steph could have got called on in the fourth quarter, like that he fell and and there was some contact there and stuff like that. And he probably can. I think there is something about Steph that's hard to officiate, and I think that that's also historically been the case with LeBron. But they've, the officials have been around LeBron for twenty years and they figured it out. You know. I also think that there's an officiating problem in the NBA in general. If we want to zoom out, like a lot of these guys are new and there's more players than ever naming officials by name and saying, I don't like this mm -hmm. one. And there, there seems to be some sort of friction that's, that's greater than ever between the players and the, and the official, the officiating staffs. And I think it's something that the NBA has to reckon with. And there have been a few of these games this season or in the, even in these playoffs where it's like seven free throw attempts for one team, 30 for the other team. And then what happens the next game, somehow it's a little bit more even. Now, I don't know if that's just because the officials are calling it differently or because the first one was such an anomaly in the first place that the chance of that repeating was less likely than it just being more normal, the second one, regardless of how anybody behaved. But I, I, I think that the officiating is just something that the NBA is looking at. But every fan base loves to complain about the officiating, especially when they lose. If Jordan Poole makes that three at the end, nobody's even talking about the officials uh, today at all, right? And so I just think it's an easy thing to talk about. And like you, like you just said, I don't like to talk about it that much.
much. Also, there's, there's, there's my, there's my grapevine. I'm extending it. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. Here, I'm going to accept it. If the Warriors had won by 20 and that free throw disparity had existed, I would have bitched about it on this I know you podcast, <laughs> and we would have talked about that. <laughs> I know you topic a hundred fucking. You would have led the show with it. It would have been the. I a mean, block. the goddamn disparity, man. I don't mind saying it again. You're finally getting my ire up. 29 to six. Fuck that. That's ridiculous, unfair, and biased. I will say. I wish you had some stats to back it up. I mean, you're just really. <laughs> I never do. And actually, it wasn't me. Somebody tweeted them out, and I just wrote them down and then read them back to you never even when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, to JP. And we only have five fucking minutes here, so we're going to go super fast. Um, I was going to give you guys two different questions. Grade JP for me and give me what I was going to call either one shining or shit burger moment. Pick a play out from all of the game that stuck out to you for either good or bad reasons. We do not have time for any of that, so I will smash it through. Here's the moment I pulled, all right? The shitburger moment for me was that final shot from Jordan Poole, and Maxime, if we have it, go ahead and run it. But it wasn't because of where he shot it from. So I was upset by that. You know, he could have gone a little bit faster um, or could have gone a little bit closer. He probably had another six feet before he had to take the shot. But what upsets me is the defense that Darvin Ham fucking played on the shot. Lakers coach Darvin Ham reaching out. So watch this angle right here. Boom. That's okay. That's something that can happen. What? What? If you are not watching the YouTube version, um, Jordan took the shot from the left-hand side of the court, kind of close to the Lakers bench. Ham happened to be within four feet, let's say, and he extended a left hand. Didn't defend the shot, but, I mean, got close. Okay, not okay. How do you guys read that? I think he was motioning to his defense. I think that's a defensive signal. Like, <laughs> oh close god. out, close out. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, you can't do that if you're Darvin Ham. It's 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 kind of funny. Like, just that uh, uh, NBA head coach still has sort of like that initial sort of like gut, like uh, just like immediate involuntary response of, "Oh my god, this guy's open. Let me close out on him." <laughs> you know, even though he's the coach. It, I found it hilarious. It had it had zero impact on the shot. Jordan Poole, if you asked him in, uh, honestly and got an honest answer out of him, he probably didn't even see him. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. I just thought it was hilarious. I thought he fouled him. It should have been a flagrant. He didn't give a place to land. At least he didn't punch him in the face. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's too soon. You can shut the hell up. You know, I, I shouldn't say this, but I will. Every time I see Darvin Ham on the sideline now, he reminds me of me at a pie gout table. He has a facial expression that screams. I don't really know what's happening around me, but I don't want anyone else to know. So I'm just going to kind of watch closely and hope that nobody notices that I'm not sure what the rules are. So I'm, I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure he is providing value beyond his shot defense, but he does look confused for a lot of the time. I don't mind saying that. Like a little bit of a Mike Budenholzer face, kind of <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah there's a little, a little Mike B face. Um, all right, take us home, boys. Wes, take it first. Your updated series prediction. We haven't heard the prediction anyway, so for you, it's oh, a brand new one. Um, I didn't make one. This one was really hard um, for me to figure out. I, I, I do think that mm, 
I'll go I'll go Warriors in seven. I think if you made me make a prediction before the series, I, I probably would have said Warriors in seven. I'm kind of just throwing my hands up. The Warriors have home court advantage. I have no idea, man. Like and, and if like I'll say it again. If Anthony Davis is playing like that, I think the Warriors have a real problem. And um, despite what Maxine thinks, I don't, I don't think we've seen anything close to the best LeBron James has in this series. So, um, but I also think that we haven't seen like 70% of what the Warriors' best version of themselves is in this series either. So, like I said, I'll, I, I don't feel good about it. I'll throw my hands up. I'll say Warriors in seven because they have Steph and they have home court and I think they're deeper, but whatever. I have no idea. I much preferred how you ended that. I didn't like when you said, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Also, AD is going to kill you guys, and LeBron has a much better game coming, so I'll take this for sure. Uh, you already heard me say it, Warriors and Six. I do believe it. Also, it's super protective. Uh, Wes, you haven't heard this, but for Game 7, it was my kid's birthday, so I couldn't watch it live. If this one goes Game 7, I'm going to be in fucking Disneyland with my kid again and won't be able to watch it live. So the, I, I will turn awful. <laughs> it'll be the most angsty place on earth. Like no one will be having fun around me if that shit happens. So that cannot happen. Uh, gentlemen, what are your predictions? Updated. Um, I'm going to update it to Warriors in seven. So prepare for Mickey to be angsty. Um, so <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. be in LA. I didn't even think about that. Motherfuck, dude. That'll be, <laughs> yeah. that's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. I just, I, I think the, the Warriors aren't good enough this season to close out a team earlier, especially if one is that has as many troubling players as the Lakers do for them. So um, I think they need all seven games. Maxine? Warriors in six, and it's for exactly what I said. As the season gets longer, these dudes are going to be more and more tired. And yes, our dudes could be more and more tired too, but Steph and Clay used to lead the league in miles run in the regular season. These dudes are way more built for a long series than Anthony Davis and LeBron James are. And frankly, what I saw, sure, LeBron could have shot a little bit better from the field, but overall, he had a fantastic impact on both ends of the floor. I'm not trying to say that he's going to be all that much better throughout the series. And in fact, I think he's going to get pooped by the time we get done. Might have been his best game of his career. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the numbers. I'll have to go onto Twitter and see if I can steal somebody else's. Uh, Wes, you have about 20 seconds to answer this. Austin Reeves, good or bad? How, what what kind of basketball player do you view him as? Oh, I was going to say for society or for the Lakers. Um, <laughs> society. I mean, do you think is he helping? You know, like making us a better place, or what do you think? Tough to say. Got to got to know where his political leanings are. I'd <laughs> like to see his record. Um, in terms of the basketball, he's good. He's a good basketball player. I mean, he's not like what the Lakers fans think he is, but he's a solid basketball player. He's a good basketball player. Have you ever seen anybody, I promise, last question, have you ever seen anybody do that that comb over that that Austin Reeves has and then internally think, ooh, good idea? Like, oh, I think you've done Tom the right thing with your hair. Tom Thibodeau is doing it right now. Same thing. <laughs> and, and, hair. You, and do you like it? I mean, do you think like that's the right call? I, because- think, I, I do wonder if Tom Thibodeau notices like <laughs> that other people are also noticing. He's like, well, these guys... <laughs> Same old Again. young Tommy Tibbs, man. Nobody knows the difference. Seven years running. <laughs> Strangely enough, if Austin Reeves was actually secretly bald, you know, like if it if it came up and it was bald underneath, I'd like him more. Like I, I really do. I think like I don't know why that's true, but I think I would like him more. Boys, I brought us in a minute late, but we basically landed the plane. Wes, love you, love all your work, love your appearances. We need more Goldberg. Where do we go? Yep. Um. Locked on Heat, Locked on NBA Thursday nights and Friday mornings. And I think we have the Warriors game Thursday night, right? Yep. So we'll be talking about that on Locked on NBA. Um, 
So you check that out Friday morning for your Friday morning commute or whatever it is that you do on Friday mornings. And then um, I'm doing a weekly column over at Fansided um, about the NBA weekends every Monday morning. And actually this last weekend or this last week, I wrote about Steph Curry and compared him to John Wick and what it is that he did in that game seven against the Sacramento Kings. So please go check that out. It still holds up. Um, yeah. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, WC Goldberg. There we go. Don't mess with the man's dog. That is exactly right. Uh, that until you know where to find us. We're already long, so I'll cut you loose. Go Warriors. Hopefully, we'll see you real soon. Good, good. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.